Oh, well, what a pleasure it is to uh, speak with my son, Matthew Lanza. Matthew Douglas Lanza. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Awesome. Very well. Yeah, Good. welcome. Thank you. We are here on His Grace to Grow, and I have the pleasure of uh, speaking and with my my other son, Matthew Douglas Lanza, joining me from Arlington, Virginia. That's right. Okay. Well, Matthew, you know, um, this, this podcast is something that God has put on my heart just to be able to share uh, his grace and his love with everyone and to see how the grace of God uh, allows us to grow and allows us to uh, stretch beyond what we could do our, on our own. And I just want to talk with you a little while today, Matthew. But first of all, would you mind sharing with, you know, the people like um, your background and what you're doing now, things you'd like to share about your business and about your ministry or whatever you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, a few things. So the first thing is... Um, I am Anne Lanza, the host of this awesome podcast. I am her uh, second son, middle child between brother and sister, but I'm also the senior specialist for innovation at, and design at a uh, an NGO called International Justice Mission, an NGO's non-government organization or a nonprofit organization. And what we do is we are seeking to end violence against people in poverty. And so my specific role is to work with different uh, regional teams, you know, teams all around the world that work for IJM um, and also, you know, our partners. So other NGOs and other organizations outside of IJM in order to help us be more innovative and more empathy driven in the way that we approach ending things like human trafficking. Right. That's one big thing we do is we we're seeking to end violence against people in poverty. One of the ways violence is manifest is through human trafficking or domestic abuse, what we call on a, on a more academic level, violence against women and children, mm -hmm. as well as police abuse of power uh, around the world. Those are the types of violence we really tend to focus on. And I, I lead all innovation efforts around the world. So that's really awesome. And I also have a, a startup company called Spaceman Record Company, which is um, up and coming uh, platform for independent artists to be able to feel like they have the support of a record company, but maintain their independence is sort of our our mission and our our purpose. So but that's what I'm up to. That's wonderful, Matthew. I mean, both of those industries is where we're so needed and the grace of God is so needed. And I'm just so proud to hear you talk about how you're um, helping and finding ways to help uh, those that are, you know, in need and that are can be exploited at times. What a wonderful uh background and business to choose and also the music of course we've done a lot of music together and I'm just glad to hear that it's in your heart to do it on your own independently too and God bless your company and your business it's it's uh, just fills my heart to talk with you Matthew and uh, if you don't mind I can we just jump right into just learning about this grace and what does what does grace if you had to define it like you hear many um, definitions of grace, but what is it to you? Oh man, that's a 
What is grace to me? That's that's a tough one. Um, you know, whenever I think of grace, the first scripture that I think of is, and you know, don't don't uh, judge me that I I don't actually remember the, the no book, judgment Captain here. Birth. No judgment. But I will say that um, the scripture I often think of is in the Bible. It says that it says to come boldly before the throne of grace to seek help in time of need and grace never to me at least seemed like a bold word it always seemed like a word of timidity and humility right and not that humility and boldness can't go hand in hand but i always had this idea that grace was like sort of this very kind and gentle like oh grace but it's actually very aggressive and i also i've always seen great or i haven't always seen i shouldn't say that i i'm coming to find that grace is the aggressive attempt by god to make us feel forgiven and so when it says come boldly before the throne of grace god's kind of like hey i'm giving out forgiveness like candy (laughs) you know like uh you better come and get it um because you need it and you need as much as God is aggressive in his love and his demonstration of grace toward us. Um, he's also, we also need to be aggressive in going to him for it. I think the thing that I've always struggled with, and this is probably a little bit too in the weeds, but I'll say it anyway, is like the difference between like, is there, is there a difference between grace and mercy? Hmm. And that's why I kind of like the idea of this grace to grow. I think that's a really, really good um, word because mercy just seems like I just let it go right like oh, I'll show you some mercy on that like let's just let like you know you messed up you know just let that one go grace you know in that scripture that I talked about and I'm not a theologian you know I was I used to be a youth pastor but you know like by no means a theologian but just as a person a regular everyday person walking with God it's like when I think back to that scripture of like to, grace is something you use to seek help in time of need is like mercy is kind of like, ah, you're forgiven, let it go. But grace is something that is like helping you get through, right? It's like the grace to get through it. You know, you make a mistake and it's probably so bad that it can't just (laughs) go away, right? (laughs) You need the grace to grow through it, the grace to grow away from it and Mm -hmm. the grace to to move on. And I know that's something I've needed more often than not in my life. So, Well, that, you know, that's going to be top of my list on... um, uh, you know, uh, definitions of grace, Matthew, it just, it's like God's aggressive attempt to give us forgiveness. I've never heard anyone express it that way. And then the other thing you were saying about, you know, grace having that element of allowing you to evolve and transforms you. And it is so many other components involved. You know, it's not just saying, okay, forget about it. It's just like, no, I'm going to help you change. I'm going to help you see, get insight on this. So you won't have to go through that again, you know, maybe. And, you know, that was powerful, Matthew. And the scripture to come boldly, like, yeah, you do think of grace of, as, you know, oh, this little meek uh, thing, but grace is, is really powerful. Paul said in first uh, Corinthians, I think it was 15. I have it here. 15 and 10 says by the grace of, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace to me was not without effect. And it's like grace has an effect on you. And that 
you know, that brings me to the next question for you. Like what and when, or what was the change and how did this grace from God, can you think of maybe something to where just God extending that mercy, extending that uh, grace to you transformed you or transformed a way of thinking or uh, your changed your perspective even on something because of the grace of God. What was it that made a change? And how did you grow from this grace? Hmm. Could you say that one more time? I, I have to mull on that one a little bit. Just make yeah. sure it's sunk in. Yeah, it's like, can you think of a time that his you did come boldly before his throne? Like, God, I need your grace in this situation. And God extended it, and it just changed the way you saw things, or it changed you as a person, or whatever, that there was a transformation that took place because of the grace of God. Um, yeah, um, a few if times. You, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you picked the, the one, one that you I can. What, yeah. You know, what is this podcast rated? No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can do what, share whatever you want. And if we can even, you know, come back to that or something, it's it's not like it has to be in a certain order. It's just like that there is a transforming element to grace that you just, it just, I know for me, it's opened my eyes so many times. It's like, wow, God, I made that mistake and your grace was enough for me. Your grace was sufficient. It's like Paul, he said, God, take this away from me. Something, you know, was bugging him like three and four times. And he says, God, deliver me from this, you yeah. know, thing that bugs me. And God says, my grace is sufficient, you know. And what does that mean for his grace to be sufficient? Or, you know, what does it yeah. mean? Yeah. Does it make sense? It does. And to be honest, I feel like I'm just deferring because I have many stories, but there, I'll, sh I'll share this one. And this is going to be one where I'm going to share it and God's going to have to give me the grace to grow for, <laughs> for the <laughs> way I articulate it. Are you in the process it. of growing? Yeah, yeah I'm right. probably in the process on this one is why I'm, I'm <laughs> hesitating. A little. It's, it's hesitating. Um, so it was when my daughter, dear granddaughter, River, mm -hmm was born was sort of the what's the word like the 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 penultimate point whatever you want to call it the peak the the uh the the fork in the road whatever it was with social media right and i still have a linkedin and i and spaceman record company does have an instagram account but um the day not the day maybe it was probably like when we were still in the hospital Mm -hmm. And my daughter was born is when I made the decision to remove myself from at that point, I only had an Instagram account. So I, rem I, de I didn't delete the app, right? Like a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm taking a break. And they delete the Instagram app or the Facebook app. I went through the 30 step process <laughs> to actually mm -hmm. delete my account. And that was sort of, I wouldn't say the end because I still, um, it's still a process. That's why I say I'm still in it. But like when I think of, and pardon the background noise, that is my now almost two-year-old daughter having a really, really good time. Uh, that so, makes it even better. Yeah. You know, you're going to just have to bear with it on this yeah. pandemic this, podcast. <laughs> this is raw stuff right yeah. here. <laughs> um, but anyway, to make a short story really long. No, uh, the reason for that was because of George Floyd, because mm -hmm. of those events. 
I couldn't take what I was seeing on social media. That doesn't mean I stopped being attentive to, you know, those type of social issues. You know, the work I'm in working for an NGO seeking to end violence against people in poverty, right? That's not the work we do. And I am by no means speaking on behalf of IJM. But I'm just saying like, I, like I have a heart to make an impact in communities. Yes. But I, but I also couldn't engage on social media anymore in the way that others were engaging yeah. around that situation to, um, and, and the reason was, is because he was a black man and so am I. Yes. And for me to every day see myself treated the way that he was treated and, you know, I know there's someone's going to listen to this and be like, but he, maybe he was this or maybe he was that, or you shouldn't have to explain or whatever. Right. This is me giving my experience in raw form and putting it out into the real world. This is not me claiming to be any sort of expert, not claiming to have any sort of great political position. This is just me sharing my raw emotion and how God gave me the grace to grow through my raw emotion is that growing up, you know, um, Grew up in San Francisco, super mm -hmm. awesome, right? You think mm -hmm. super diverse place it is. It's a great place to uh, grow up to, um, you know, loved it, love everything about it, you know, I'll miss it, right? Right. <laughs> um, but that didn't change the fact that as progressive of a city as it was, and there's still people in, in, in the world, wherever you go, uh, in the US that are going to have a certain position toward people of color. Uh, or rather black people. I don't want to blanket, you know, great diverse cultures into one thing of people of color. But also I'll say as a black man, as a black young man, you know, people, I, you know, was called the N-word by a referee in one of my basketball games. I was told in job interviews, well, they weren't official job interviews. They were quote unquote informational interviews um, and was told that, you know, I was, this is almost verbatim. I was told San Francisco is a city of coalition and, you know, black people tend to be in coalition with black people and white people tend to be in coalition with white people. So mm -hmm. while I think you have a stellar resume, um, I can't hire you, but I could find some people in the black community who might be willing to hire you. Um, I was told that after graduating from college, from University of San Francisco. And these people didn't have any affiliation with the university, but like, you know, I graduated and I was looking for a job and I was in an informational interview and, and was told that. And that was like the worst aha moment of my professional career is like, oh, aha, like being in San Francisco doesn't make it easier to be a job, to get a job or to avoid that kind of stuff because of what you might think. So what does that have to do with Instagram and George Floyd is that as time went on, everything the bitterness yeah the bitterness began to set in my heart of yes. of what it meant to be a black man and that grew and it grew that bitterness grew inside of me and it made me angry um and i i didn't channel that anger in the best ways i mean you know as i was searching for a job for you know about a year and a half all I could think about was, you know, the people who did have a job and the people who weren't experiencing what I was experiencing. And what I experienced is, and what made me even more upset is that I felt bad for feeling bad because it might, what, because my situation was so minor, right? Like it was like how many people go through things that are way worse than that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that sat with me all the way through 
my experience at Duke University, um, right. where I went to, I ended up, so I ended up getting a job eventually uh, at, a, at a law firm. They hired me. It was great. Had a great experience with that law firm. Uh, and that helped me get into Duke University. And that helped me find a job in Washington, D.C. Um, and so awesome, like, thing. But I just couldn't get over, like, that was sort of, that story is the beginning of my job search. And it took me, like, a year and a half to, like, you know, find a place to have a job. And I didn't really get past that. And I'm, and then, you know, all this stuff starts happening. A lot of advocacy around, you know, you know, issues with specifically black males and, you know, and, and the police. And I just kept seeing that over and over. And I kept hearing the way people talked about it mm -hmm. as like, Oh my goodness, you see this, do you see this? Do you see this? Do you see this mm -hmm. with, with the only regard seemingly to be that um, it was, it, you know, it was important to, to spread this information so that you could, you know, be in line. And I know there's a big debate about, you know, silence is violence and those things. But for me mm -hmm. to see that situation over and over again, kept pushing that button of, you know, social media is a place where you go to, you know, you know, it's, you know, you follow people and it's like, it's a mishmash of all of the things that you like and enjoy like so i followed the nba i followed the nfl i followed musicians i followed all of these people to sort of you know um find a diversity of voices and experiences that i could be inspired by right. and so to see that mass outpouring of support was in a lot of ways great and i think it's valuable on social media but like i said it wasn't the outpouring it was the it was the part of it that was sort of the way people just went about saying things is like, uh, you know, this is a hot button issue. Mm -hmm. um, and this is brand new. Like some people are like, I can't believe this is happening. And I was like, <laughs> you know, things like that. And even you can still hear some of it. I'm like I said, I'm still in the process. But um, at that moment, um, I just I was sitting in the hospital room with my newborn daughter. And all of this was going on and I was getting text messages from people like, are you seeing this? Like, we should do something. You know, I was it, I had just finished at Duke. So some of my classmates were even, you know, saying we should mobilize and do things. And I was sort of was like. I had to turn it off, not because it was wrong, but, but what people said or anything, like I said, it was my bitterness and, and my things. But it was two things. It was one. It was my bitterness and my judgment towards people who were trying to do a good thing by and large. But I think the other thing was, is that I found God giving me grace to take a whole lifetime's worth of being a millennial and having a certain approach to how do I engage on social issues mm -hmm. and totally flipping my mindset on how I should engage. Like my whole life, I was like, you got to social media, right? Like I grew up since I was like a teenager, MySpace, right? I started on MySpace and then went to Facebook and then went to Instagram. And my whole world sort of revolved around if I'm not engaging on social media in a significant way on social issues, then I'm not engaging. Right. And that just wasn't true. And God was like, delete that mindset, delete the mindset that your whole existence and how you engage and make an impact in the world can only happen on a social media platform. And since then, since that day, I, I've I've worked with many different organizations in the federal government, uh, nonprofits, to mm -hmm. to make an impact, 
and never posted about it. This is the first time I've ever talked about it. And now I'm working for this NGO called International Justice Mission. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still growing, but mm -hmm. it's sort of like, oh, wow, like that mindset. And so why, why did I talk about my career in social media? It mm -hmm. started with me being rejected because of my skin color, mm -hmm. right, in the, in the job space. Yes. And it went through me trying to find validation in the wrong place. And as soon as I cut off that validation, God launched my career into actually having the impact I wanted to make, not through a post, but through actually right now, like working with governments and before working with the federal government and all these different types of things, which has been really awesome. So I know that was a really long answer. But oh, but, that was my you know, like grace to that, grow away that, from from <laughs> that social media capturing my mind and and me thinking not even what I saw but what I could give through social media I thought how do I give impact through my skills other than social media and God helped me find a path through that to that you know you know Matthew that is just priceless um I really mean that even being a side of being your mother that is priceless because you gained um access to the highest power through just turning off all the other voices, even the ones that really resonated with you. You turned it off and you said, okay, I'm just going to listen to what God has to say on the matter. And his grace really was sufficient, wasn't it? It was just like there for you when you just laid everything and you didn't have to pretty it up fluff it up you said god no this is raw i feel bitter i feel disappointed in the system and the things you know i put into it and what i got back it didn't seem reciprocated you know i and and god showed you but it it's not depending on man's opinion it's not you know, like Paul says, I am who I am because by the grace of God, not by the opinion of man. And it's been so hard for us uh, to, to see through that when almost whole societies build their your mindset on, you know, and try to tell you who you are. And it's not true. But to break through, to get, to have the grace to break through and get a new mindset, to have your mind transformed by the grace of God is just so powerful, Matthew. Yeah, and, and that's not to say, you know, that engaging on social media and things is wrong. It was just for me, you know, I found that the validation I was seeking through it was unhealthy for my mental mind yeah. set in terms of you know, being a new father. And that doesn't mean I didn't still follow the issues. I just, I, I, it, the mindset shift was specifically as like social media being the only medium by which I could be informed or have an impact in the world. And, and that was the mindset set I needed to shift. Well, you know, you answered the question that I was going to ask you next. It's like, what did you experience to need God's grace? And I think what you went through and what you go through and what you may still deal with as a African American, as I am too, you you know you have to deal with you know rejection. You have to deal with people's attitudes. You have to deal with what you see constantly trying to overload you in the news about who you telling you who you are and your limitations. But 
God's got to, he changes our narrative about ourselves and says, it's not, you know, it's not that those things are wrong, but you learn how to filter them better, you know, and say, you might say that about me, but I got to find out what God says about me, what God says about the situation. And that's his grace to do that. You know, Jesus was rejected. Jesus went through a lot too. Paul did too, right? From even from his own people. And, uh, he says, you know, God's grace is the thing that carried him over to see the real truth. It's about finding truth, finding the truth about who you are and the truth about who you are inside. So with that in mind, even though it is a process, it's it's a lifetime thing, but you have something special. You have a special tool Uh to help you in time of need when you run into people that, you know, um, or you run into situations that are, that are contrary and, and stressful, you have something you can reach for and you say, God, just give me the grace. Even though I get angry, even though I might feel sad, even though I might feel hurt, I know your grace. I can come in my time of need because your word said so. But Matthew, what would you tell what would you tell others about receiving this great what would you tell other young people other millennials other young men other young black men on how to deal with what you go through you know what you experienced about the grace of God what would how could you present that to them and say this is available to you does that make sense yeah that makes perfect sense and I'll um I'll uh, add an asterisk before I even say anything is like, I'm by no means an expert. I'm just a guy, you know, who, who went through something and has a mom with an awesome podcast who invited him to share that. (laughs) But if, if, if I were, if someone were to ask me and I could give any sort of mid flight advice, um, because I'm still mid flight. (laughs) Yeah. We're all talked about is, um, especially for men is read like that aggressive that, you know, when I said at the beginning, God's aggressive attempt, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to show us forgiveness. And that's, you know, it sounds cool, but it's probably imperfect definition, but it's the one I got. And what else, what I would give the advice and I'd probably give it like this with all this, like precluding and all these (laughs) suspense builders beating around the bush. But the point being is I would say as a man, you have a very specific definition in society of what it means to be masculine and what it means to be aggressive. And I would say in order to find the grace to grow, you need to redefine what you think aggression is. Because for us, if I, if you tell if that's the definition, right, we're going with, and it's like aggressive, you know, God saying, come boldly, right? What does it mean to be bold as a man? And like, stand up, be the head and do all this. And like, you know, show power, you know, and all of that other, uh, Right. <laughs> kind of nonsense is mm-hmm. I would say think about how gentle God is think about the fruits of the spirit and how God being the ultimate example and of what it means to be a good person right uh, not even a man but just like how how God defines that and think about aggression from that perspective mm-hmm. and what it means to actually be bold and aggressive mm-hmm. you know you could think of boldness of like standing on top of a mountain and shouting and, you know, making your voice heard. 
or you could think of it as having the having the confidence to say i need to go to therapy right that's really bold for like for a man <laughs> like especially yes. like with the stigma mm-hmm. um you know have that kind of boldness and and it be aggressive about your mental health um you know be bold and say no i can't take that meeting because i need to spend time with my daughter right you know that's and that's what gives you the grace to grow for me the bold thing that i did was i deleted my social media account Mm -hmm. right it was like that was like to me that doesn't shout aggression or boldness but like that's a big (laughs) as many steps as they make you go through to do that (laughs) it's a big deal right to actually make that decision that as someone you know who who's <laughs> who's a musician and a producer does it not be on social media not be on instagram like it sounds stupid to be honest but that was sort of like i would just say when i i would give that advice is like what is your first bold move toward growing in grace and don't but before you even do that redefine what you think it means to be bold and aggressive as like a black man and just totally throw that out because it's all wrong uh, and and think about how vulnerability is bold, how, um, you know, saying no to things is bold, how, you know, not working as quote unquote hard and in your job and spending time with your family is a bold move um, and, and things like that. You know, that is, um, that's something that you can, you know, each individual will have to choose on their own, right, Matthew? You know, it's just like what's bold for one or what's aggressive for one, like you're saying, it's going to be different for another. It's going to be different for men. It's going to be different for women. It's going to be different for everyone, each individual. But for you to be true to yourself, and that's the main thing, right? To be true to who you are and say, this is what's going to work for me. This is what's good for my family. This is what's good for my soul, my spirit, in order to deal with my situations and you know a lot of those things that you go through those are traumas you know and you can't sweep them under the rug because they kind of come up in other areas but when you deal with them and you say okay that was a traumatic experience but you know what I'm gonna make it through this because I'm gonna you know address it as what it is and uh, not try to dress it up or underplay it but deal with it you know and is something that you're caring about yourself. You're showing that you care about yourself. I really love the way you explain things. Um, just a few more things here, Matthew, and I'm I'm really filled already. I can't wait to to listen to the replay, you know, because yeah. it's so it's so deep. So you you have something for the future generations and for the millennials now and for even for older people, you know, everyone, you know, if you can learn that lesson, what, what is the most important lesson, you know, you could say, if you could say right now at this point that you've learned from the grace of God, like, you know, what, what is it that you've just, I know I got this. This is one thing I got from all of this. Hmm. The one thing about grace and you're going to hear some abcs in the background that's okay (laughs) i love it um that's my girl (laughs) yeah i don't know it was something about having a a child made made it click for me what what grace was 
and how God sees us. And just, I think it's remembering that grace isn't about how you see yourself. It's about how God sees you. Hmm. And there's a huge, there's more often than not, hmm. I don't think I realized the huge disconnect in how I viewed myself versus how God viewed me. And I'm still struggling with that. Hmm. But in, you know, in order to become like, right, come boldly before the throne of grace, like come boldly before God, that means that, you know, you've made a decision to say, God, I know how much you care about me. And even if I don't see it, I'm coming to you boldly because I know that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the biggest lesson I've learned is that in those moments where I feel inferior and where, where I feel like I don't really even care for myself because of mistakes mm-hmm. I've made, right? Is mm-hmm. that, that God still cares for me. And not just like, you know, caring, like, you know, like he cares, takes care, but like, he, like, he cares for you, like, in the sense of, like, he likes you. He doesn't just love you. God actually probably kind of likes you. He's like, oh, yeah, you're pretty cool. Like, I, I enjoy being with you, right? Yeah. Even yes. when you don't feel that same way about yourself. Yes. And, you know, that is a, the beauty in it, to see that he really likes you. It's not like a duty for him. It's, it's, it's his joy. You're his delight. How do, you, how do you see your failures and how do you see success now, Matthew, through the eyes of grace? Um, <laughs> so to, wait, I'm glad you added that through the eyes of grace because I'm still yeah. working on how I actually view success and, and failure but um, I I think for me I see um, I don't know I can't say I have the full answer to that but I can say that the most important thing I'm finding is that my my mindset my mindset on how I view failure has definitely shifted in a good way. Maybe not on success as much (laughs) on what makes me successful, uh, but definitely on what failure means and how you can learn from it and how sometimes failure is a necessity to success. Um, You know, and I know that sounds very, very bad because it's like, you know, we serve a perfect God. He's never failed, right? You know, but but I I use this word in my work because I'm a designer um, and we say iterate. So it means get something out there like a product get it out there test it with your customer show it to them say do you like this that's a simplification but then they tell you what they like or don't like and then you go out back and come up with a different model and so even if you think of like you know going from the law (laughs) to to christ this is so offensive but it's okay i'm gonna say it anyways like i always tell people in a joking way like even god had to iterate right (laughs) (laughs) like he had the law he was like the law was imperfect in that it was filtered through your flesh and christ came and perfected what the law couldn't perfect so even god tested something out in the real world tried it and said this is not working let's (laughs) send jesus down there to iterate and (laughs) and that that. is so that's so funny you mentioned that because i was i had that very thought just in the past few days i go god you even broke down your 10 laws to just two. You know, you changed things around because you saw we it wasn't working on this model, you know. And then you just brought it home with, with that. Where that's you have some serious skill sets there, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, Matthew, we've we've had a beautiful time together. I loved every moment of it. I've grown just by listening to your definition and your experiences, I, I've grown to know more about you and I've grown in seeing the grace of God and, 
and I still need to grow more and I want to grow more. And, and I just love what uh, God is doing in your life in every level. And I just want you to pray, uh, pray us out and just say a prayer of grace over us and, and then tell people how they can reach you. If you have some kind of a website for your business or anything that you'd like to be contacted with, if not, you choose that one. But if you could pray, for us as we end our podcast today. Awesome. Well, Lord, I just pray that you would give us boldness when we need grace um, and boldness when we need help and help us to be very aggressive in the way we pursue um, your mercy and and your grace and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. And as far as contacting me, uh, you know, go as (laughs) this is going to sound funny, but I told you, I did it. I still have social media for my business. It was just a personal decision I made in the moment. But if you want to follow Spaceman Record Company on Instagram. There you go. That's it. Go ahead. Um, Spaceman Records on Instagram, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, I tell you, my son, you just made your mother very happy like you do all the time. And uh, I can't look. I'm looking forward to more, more interviews, more podcasts, more programs with you. Same here, Mom. It was great talking with you, and thanks. Okay. We'll talk to you again. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.